Oh boy. <laughs> That's all I can say about this one right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Sopranos Podcast, Season 4, Episode 9. A gladiator who defied an emperor. She was a beautiful, innocent creature. What did she ever do to you? That's a line spoken by Tony Soprano in this episode, Season 4, Episode 9 of The Sopranos, entitled, Whoever Did This. This episode was written by Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess and directed by Tim Van Patten. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, they clearly got their C team on this one, guys. Woof! <laughs> 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 what an episode. I- I'm going to say off the bat, one of the most unique episodes of The Sopranos and possibly of all television. We'll talk about why. I'm Chris D'Amato. I'm Lily D'Amato. I'm Paul Mancini. And I'm Jordan Hugh. And this one is this is one of those episodes when you start when we started the podcast, weren't sure if we were gonna do just season one or keep going. And now that, when I knew that we were gonna keep going, this is one episode in particular that I'm like, man, I can't wait to cover this one because it's it's a landmark for the series. It's it's a, this is a huge event. What a weird but awesome placement for something like this, a major character death kind of in the middle, back half of the season, not where you would expect something like this. And structurally, it's one of the most bizarre episodes in the whole show. It starts feeling like it was going to be a normal, quote-unquote, Sopranos episode, whatever normal means in this universe. And then halfway through, it turns into what is called a bottle episode. A bottle episode is an episode of a TV show where a character or two characters are kind of stuck in one location together and isolated from the rest of the universe of the show. One of the more famous examples of this would be in Breaking Bad. There's an episode where a fly gets trapped in Walt's lab, and he and Jesse Pinkman spend the entire episode trying to find the fly and get it out of the lab, and in doing so, discover a lot about each other and themselves and their journey. Sometimes these are episodes that are done, I don't think this is the case with this one, but they're done that way because they have to be done on the cheap. Yeah, right. Um, But I've never seen it happen this way, where an episode just stops midway, something crazy happens, and the rest of it is totally different from the first half. But I've yammered on enough. First impressions of whoever did this. Whoever did this has a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can cut that. Yeah, really. I'm sorry, really, everybody. No, it was great. Whoever did no. this podcast, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> really, uh, really boring episode. Not a lot happens. Yeah. Uh, poorly written, poorly directed. Uh, no, amazing, uh, unpredictable mayhem it's what a wild episode um i I made a joking reference in our our previous episode i said you know there is a core of sopranos viewers who are the quote unquote hits and tits crowd right they're just in it for the badass mob shit where people are getting whacked and and for the titties um and this episode certainly gives them that but it's it's so much more than that too it's it's just uh it's a huge episode yeah I don't even know that I can really adequately give first impressions. I think there's so much to say. Mm. I can't really do it justice. Let me focus on how about just one thing. Ralph's end is so ugly on this show, but it is so fitting. And uh, it is nice to close that chapter, but it's just so bizarre in a cool way that it happens in episode nine. What a fun twist. We compare Ralphie to Richie a lot because they serve a similar narrative function in that, and not not at all similar characters as we've come to find out in this time. But in this, the narrative function is in they're going to come in and be featured for a while and serve as an antagonist to Tony and something for him to bat up against and deal with and wrestle with and someone for him to oppose in various ways. But what a weird 
fun thing that Richie's end was relatively clean. It was shocking, but clean. Bullet to the heart, bullet to the head, you're dead. Ralphie, a much more cute and sophisticated, less feral, less elemental character, goes in one of the most brutal, physical, primal confrontations. In, in my opinion, we'll talk about it why when we get there. In my opinion, the best fight sequence ever on the show, maybe in any show. Paul, I had a teacher in high school um, who taught me senior English, and we read Hamlet. And we got to the scene in Hamlet, Act 5, Scene 1, where they bury Ophelia. And he said... I don't know how to make this one intellectual because this is just the weirdest fucking scene I've ever read. He, because Hamlet and Laertes, uh, Ophelia's boyfriend and brother respectively, like both offer to jump into the grave and be buried with her to prove that they love her more than the other guy. That's how I feel about this one scene in this episode. You guys might have noticed it where Tony beats Ralphie to death because of a horse. I caught that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that one. And that's, of course, the gear that this episode turns on. It's just fucked. It's so insane. It's so weird. Um, very importantly, this is Tony, Tony does nothing small, this is him breaking the rules. Big time. No one can know. Um, that's an important factor, and that accounts for the bottling quality that you talked about up front. Uh, yeah, this is a very, this is a powerfully unique episode. The second half, that bottle aspect reeks of the consequences. Be it the consequences of Ralph being a shit in general, being a shit specifically with regards to the horse and some of the symbology that that will bring up, the consequences of Chris's drug addiction, Tony's trusting of Chris. And yet, even though all of this rushes together in this tense and impactful second half, nothing feels resolved to mm. me at the end of this episode. It's they, They've done one part of this, which is get rid of Ralphie's body, which is the execution of the plan that isn't best, it's just the least worst option. Mm -hmm. That's still up in the air. Tony and Chris still up in the air. I, maybe that's it, Chris, when you said it's such a unique episode. It's so powerful. But imagine watching this when it aired and you have to wait a week <laughs> to yeah. find out God knows what's going to happen next. Can you imagine? Um, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't think it's like any Sopranos episode I've seen. Yeah. I don't know what I can add to that. Let's keep going. Great. Well, let's let's take it from the top. I think a lot of what we want to say is going to be elicited by exploring these moments. So let's just jump in. Junior's trial is ongoing. Things are happening. You know, the presentation of evidence is done for the day, but Junior's lamenting he's going to miss the early bird special because Melvoin wants to raise some kind of point. Now I'm going to miss the early bird special. One of his buddies there got uh, half a chicken, got two meals out of it. <laughs> Uh, and Junior is being accosted by these reporters outside the courthouse, and he's ignoring them, no comment, just trying to get down to the car, and then this pretty local news lady from Channel 6, Allison something, comes up and asks him a question, and he's so excited, Allison, Junior can't refuse the uh, discussion of a with a beautiful woman, turns, poof, Boom, Mike to the head, tumbles down nine, no, seven steps. <laughs> Funny little beat there. So, pretty interesting opening here. Weird note for this particular episode, by the way. Paul and I were talking before the show how it almost feels like this is going to be a more comic hour. But, interesting start for Junior. It's a funny opener. Uh, that It's not funny how that resolves, but yeah, that it is... It is oh yeah, the initial yeah. beat is odd. It's different. It's, right. it's you know, comic. And it's comical. But yes, I mean, it's, the, it's, the, and the, the nine versus seven line is, is comical. Yeah, it's a funny beat. It's a slip on a banana peel moment. Right. Where this is going, though, you're right, is not... No, and it's... Right. It's actually quite sad. Well, there's a lot... Uh, well, let's, let's keep an eye on this through the episode. There is a lot of stuff happening outside of the control of human beings yeah. in this episode, right? 
a lot of this, and we'll get it in the scene with Father Intentola, right? Uh, a lot of this episode feels like the hand of God moving, mm. right? And the characters can only respond. I, I should have mentioned this in my initial thoughts in this episode, but uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding whoever did this because so much happens in an episode nine, which if we're looking at a typical TV structure is wrong. It's, it's wrong for typical TV structure, but this is The Sopranos, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to innovate. It's going to do something else. This is more at the pace of life than m most TV shows. Yes. Life does not happen in episode 12. Yeah. Life happens in episode three, eight, seven. Three major events happen in this episode that all could have been like a season finale type deal. Yeah. And sometimes that's what life happens, right? Yeah. Troubles come not single spies, but in battalions, right? Mm. Sometimes everything just crashes. And this is that episode. And it starts with... What ends up being a cataclysmic head injury. Yeah. But it's funny initially until you realize, oh, we're in this episode. Yeah. Tony's taking Carmela to see Piomai, and maybe she'll feel better about him spending money on a horse if she gets to know the horse. And uh, <laughs> oh, I like, uh, what's that, a goat? Yeah, that's your friend. I just thought that was a sweet reaction and funny. <laughs> right, Lady Pie? Calls her lady. lady Pie, she likes when you rub her muzzle. She busts her heart to win. Uh, you know, Tony is so sweet with this horse. If only he could love people as much as he loved animals. I know. It's really a shame, but he really loves this creature. In his life, I kind of get it, though. Yeah? Yeah. I really get it. That horse is not going to tell him, poor you. That horse isn't going to make him feel bad for anything he's doing, really. That the horse, horse just by being. The horse also doesn't bring him date nut bread and say, can you acknowledge me as a person? The horse doesn't really need much from right. him, right? <clears throat> he throws money at it. The horse is generally fine. And it is a beautiful horse. I feel it when I watch it. I'm mm. like, I get I get it. This is, but yeah, this is a sweet moment. Tony really loves this, this horse. And this is a side of Tony that I wish we saw. Again, like you said, with people, with his kids, with actual living, with human women, you know. <laughs> so, and notably the horse is doing well. Yep. Yeah, she's okay. She's do she's she's hanging in. She's had a couple little issues there, colicky and whatever. But Melvoin is Junior's attorney. They're hanging out at the hospital. He has to head to Ireland. His daughter's speaking before the Irish Parliament on abortion issues. <laughs> Lily, Lily was watching that like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a winning fight. Yeah, the doctors talking. To Tony, I like that little moment where he loudly says, we're going to sue the goddamn Justice Department. <laughs> <laughs> Though you might have a case against that boom operator, though, whatever network that was. <laughs> He's disoriented. He passed it and failed it. What, what is that test? Uh, the the Holt, if Tony calls it later the Holstein test? Yeah, it's or? called the Holstein. It's a real test. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, it's a mental acuity thing that they're giving him every hour. The doctor mentions that Junior could have been working on a dementia for a long time, and the blow to the head finally let it loose, which is unfortunate. That's that's not good news at all. And uh, tipped him over. And, of course, Janice has to come in and make an ass out of everybody and talk about <laughs> getting him into the city, the Columbia Head Trauma Unit, best. and the doctor's... That doctor's face. Very clearly insulted <laughs> and, and walks nice off. Nice job, that actor. Well, you take it easy. <laughs> Tony is that the way. <laughs> but, yeah, any, any thoughts on this... Sudden junior development here, and this idea of junior with dementia. Well, it just it really sucks to see junior pitifully in the hospital again mm -hmm. after having been there so many times and having already beaten cancer. You think, God, isn't this poor man finished with being in the hospital? But 
this this could really snowball. Mm -hmm. And and some of that is the indignity of old age, the degradation of the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. You get sick, you get better, you get sick again. You get sick again, you get sick again. It gets worse, you get sick again. Yeah, and the juniors, it seems like his being in that place makes the process kind of, uh, for him, I guess emotionally uh, labile. He really, at one moment, could be really now into this scheme that they end up running, and the next minute he's very upset about how this is going to be an affront to his dignity, and he's all of a sudden in a reverie about his poor fucking brother, Ercole. He's all over the place. Mm. It's very sad to watch somebody, it's sad to watch anybody decline in any kind of way, but the mental decline is, especially for someone who is otherwise physically well, it's just yeah. adds an extra layer of heartbreaking. Yeah, agreed. Another comic beat here, though, early on with Ralphie, given that this is Ralphie's last episode, I do enjoy that we get to see this is sort of a last hurrah for cute, jokey, funny <laughs> Ralphie, right? He <laughs> By comic his... beat, I mean I'm inconsolable during the scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's hanging out with Eugene and Vito. They're just shitting around the social club. And they're trying to be like, they're going back over it. Who the fuck told Johnny that joke? Who was in the room? Who's did it? Vito, I think, mentioned something about Pauly. And Ralphie gets it. Oh my god, it was Lil Pauly. He goes and tells Pauly. Pauly calls Johnny. Fucking telephone game. Like high school girls. <laughs> you want to play phone games? Picks up the phone and makes uh. this... In a way, it's really a classic prank call. I mean, he does. he pulls this off very well. But it's the recipient. Oh, of course. And the least deserving <laughs> yeah. person of this kind of stress and aggravation. But uh, Detective Mike Hunt, Beaver Falls, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Calls... I, I like Ralphie's square white man voice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suddenly his, his Jersey accent disappears, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And suddenly it's, uh, whoa, yeah, yeah. gosh. You know. <laughs> There's no delicate way to say this, ma'am. He was sucking a Cub Scout's dick. <laughs> No, it's a mistake. And no. Eugene and Vito are trying so hard not to lose it because he's on speakerphone. And <laughs> he tells her that Paulie was in a men's room sucking a Cub Scout's dick. And then that there's more, ma'am. Uh, he had to have immediate emergency surgery. There was an, a rodent, a small rodent in the rectal passage. The county does not cover medical expenses deemed caused by criminal sexual activity. <laughs> Oh and her response is, oh my god, I have Blue Cross Blue Shield. <laughs> she just doesn't deserve that. No, no she did fault. not deserve the nervous bowel syndrome that nope. resulted. No. <laughs> Ralphie puts her on hold and they all just bust and they fucking lose it. Uh, I know yeah. I'm going technically backwards, but I love that she has the clapper. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Clap, oh, clap, of course clap, she clap. does. She's the lady from the commercial. Exactly. <laughs> How many mob stories have people with the fucking clapper? <laughs> really good, though. I, I, you know, this is a, this is vintage Ralph Sofaretto as far as I'm concerned. This is classic Ralph, shit stirrer, doesn't know when to leave well enough alone, can't resist the urge to do something that he knows, has to, has to know this will get back, that's, Paulie will be upset about this, right? That's the whole point. Just fucking funny. And also sad, because it's Nucci, if it were anybody else. Right. <laughs> Tony goes to visit Junior. Junior's having his meal. He's eating his jello. Looks like an old man in the hospital. He's he's eating jello. He's got a bruise on his head. Tony comes in, and there's a little bit of a weird moment here. You know who was in here? Tommy Formicola. And Tony's, oh, Tommy Formicola died years ago. And he's not the... Not, not Tommy, the should, should rule the sun, Tommy. 
Oh, okay. You had me worried there for a second. So, Junior, he seems all right in the scene compared to what the doctor was just saying. He seems a little more with it. This is fucking Xanadu compared to that courtroom. I'm milking it for all it's worth. Did anyone catch, like, a little pause from Junior, though? Yes. Mm. I think when he says Tommy Formicola was here, I think he really did think the dead one was there. Correct. Mm. And Tony says, that guy's dead. And then Junior, there's a quick pause and a correction. I'm at the sun, you whatever. Mm. I think that is the first slip. Yeah, and he plays episode. it. He plays it dumb when Tony says, "You had me worried there for a minute." But yeah, watching it in sequential order, it's passable. Is like, oh, he's fine. Team, he, he meant the son. Tony, he, yeah, he but is not knowing fine. where this all goes, yeah, he's already not fine. So they have a conversation, and Tony. that doctor hit it in one, by the way. Like, but right. exactly right. Yeah, but Tony says, "Hey, maybe you're not milking it enough." And of course, this is one of many tactics that mob guys on trial try to take, especially if you have something like this pops up. The best thing about what happened to Junior from a trial standpoint is that it was public and on camera. Yeah, they have him getting hit in the head and falling down the stairs. This is a plausible potential defense. I love when he picks up the phone. Who are you calling? They charge a fortune. And he's calling fucking Ireland. <laughs> St. Stephen's Green. Yeah. And then this next scene. Now, I, I, I want to... I, so this is one of the things I think about when I watch stuff because I'm I'm an actor and I audition a lot. So the, uh, auditioning is always on my mind when I think about this. Ralph's taking a bath. This kid, Justin, who we find out later is his son. They did mention very briefly when we first meet Ralph the, that he has in a... In the last a, season, yeah. Yeah, and the, the, when, when Ralph first comes into the show that he has a son and an ex-wife. And they never touch on it or we see it again. But we find out very soon that this is Ralph's son, Justin, and his friend playing with a bow and arrow. Very irresponsibly. Any adult watching that would know immediately that this is not a good right. way to... Of course, that's the problem. There's no adult watching. Correct. Uh, but I was thinking about this maid. Because she's crying through the door, Mr. Ralph, Mr. Ralph. And her audition had to have just been <laughs> cry hysterically. Because the last time we hear from this maid was when Piomai was sick. And the, house, the horse is sick, Mr. Ralph, Mr. Ralph. They must have just had a woman like... Can you cry hysterically uh, and, and say yeah. Mr. Ralph? And that's that must have been her audition. And take a picture that says, like, I heart New York or something because you're the owner of this horse. Um, yeah. I, I think casting directors do have a few, few people like this in their back pocket. Mm. So this might not have been an audition, maybe. Um, yeah. Cause these, but but you know. I just think that's so funny. It's like, you know, maybe this woman's a, a phenomenally talented actress and has been in a lot is. of things. But, like, can you weep and say... Uncontrollably, <laughs> multiple times in the show, Mr. and Ralph. say, "Mr. Ralph, Mr. Ralph, <laughs> great, you got the role." Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we we cut we cut back to Justin, and he has an arrow through his chest, and it's bad. It's like blood is soaking the shirt at a rapid pace. He's unconscious. This is bad shit. But David Chase thinks Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Probably. Um, of God this Dora. is right in the middle of those movies. Yes, it is. Yes, this is oh, 2002, um, which I believe so is the year. These kids are, yeah, they're doing the gladiator thing. So uh, this is this is bad. Ralph hoofs it, and we're we're in the hospital room. The other kid is obviously devastated, upset. Can't even look at Ralphie, and Ralphie's like giving him a little bit of a death glare, which is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's kind of in tragic hospital mode. I don't know how else to describe this vibe, but that kind of awkward. Somebody is devastated in front of you. Their loved one is being worked on. Uh, he asks how he's doing, and Vito just shakes his head. Not good mouths, basically, inaudibly. Not good. And Ralph is kind of beside himself. He's very clearly been crying and forlorn and, and upset. And in comes the doctor with uh, Ronnie, who I guess is a, 
Ralph's ex-wife and her current husband. Then they have this exchange. Ronnie's like, I should never let you near him. He's my son. The nights before he goes to your house, he can't sleep. He's sick. And they it escalates, and they start... She, she calls him a son of a bitch, starts hitting him. He starts shoving her back, says, you bought him the bow and arrow, you stupid cunt. And then the, then the husband gets in. Nobody talks to my wife that way. This is a great scene. There's just a lot. It, it's just, it's very tense. It's very believable. And the kid says, we were just fooling around. Ralph is just fooling around. I wrote, it's a good thing Tony was here at this moment because Ralph was losing it and needed somebody Tony's size to just pin him and say, Ralph, Ralph, stop. I was, I was like watching it. I'm like, thank God Tony was here to de-escalate this. <laughs> it was an accident, Ralph. Just kids. Yeah, note on the fight choreography, Tony pins him in this scene in a very specific way that gets echoed later in the episode. Yep. It's the same posture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is, it seems like, really where the complication begins. All Like, a lot of the excesses of Ralphie are there. What we haven't seen is Ralphie as a father, um, and so devastated by this. I actually, I think part of what's coming up as Ronnie is starting to, even her tone is accusatory, but some guilt is coming up here. Ralphie not being there at that moment, not being there for the kid throughout a lot of his life that that sympathy that is brought up for ralphie is a complication that's going to inform a lot of this episode what a thing for them to do i wrote in this and and the later scene with tony and ralph in the back of the thing it's like they're making me feel horrible for this monster that's what this show does man and then of course like this is this is a very sopranos thing where they make you really feel for somebody right before they kill them you know what i mean yeah the the fact that for the first time ever, you might be looking at Ralphie with a sympathetic eye, and that's the episode they drop him. It's just chef's kiss. It's mm -hmm. it's the good stuff, but man, it's tough. It's hard to see him this upset and to see him in the situation, even though this guy is a monster of the highest order. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's why the show's stood the test of time and is so goddamn fascinating. Yeah. Also, definitely part of a sub-theme in this episode of just, the, again, like, winds of change blowing through. It's, um... Junior happens to get hit by a boom mic. That's not a mob thing. Yeah, no, no one from the family did that. Ralph's son is injured because they're unsupervised, and the kids are playing with a bow and arrow in an irresponsible way. And the arrow literally falls from the sky and and hits him in the lungs. Mm -hmm. You know that's the mafia didn't do that. You know right. Ralph's bad behavior didn't really cause that. Yeah. You know, although I do have to, even in my moment of sympathy for Ralph, I do have to call out a little bit of hypocrisy. You bought him the bow and arrow, you stupid cunt. Well, from the guy who handed Jackie Jr. a hand, a gun. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so let's not lose sight of the fact that even in the moments where we're legitimately feeling for these guys, they are hypocrites. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the moment when he yells at the kid, that when he says, you were just fooling around like that moment is, there's an impetus for it. Mm. But like, anybody want to ask Georgie how his fucking eye is doing? Like... <laughs> Oh, you kids are playing around based on a movie? What's wrong with you? It's like, yeah. dude, why don't you take the fuck easy? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. His whole gladiator thing with Georgie, he was doing the same thing. They were mimicking a popular movie of the day. Yeah. That's great. Probably probably messed up on Coke, which he'll come back to later. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough because it's tough to even believe him, right? And not that I don't believe his tears for his child. It's just like we haven't seen him feel anything yet. Right? Yeah. And we've known him for a whole season and a half, right? But I wonder, too, based on his actions later, you know when a child falls down or something and they're crying really hard, 
And then after a while, you kind of like catch them and they're like, not actually, don't actually need to be crying quite that hard. It's like, what? Ah, you know, like, I'm wondering if some of that's happening too, where originally the, the emotions were real, but after a certain point, he's kind of done, but milking it. Not in a way that any parent would go through this. I mean, Ralphie specifically, just because how do you then go burn a bunch of horses oh, with, if, if you've really been affected by this? How is that even on your mind? One reason would be, could be that your kid is going to have a long and costly rehabilitation and you have to create a windfall. Interesting. Now. Okay. Or you think that's your responsibility that you should have been taken care of when the kid was seven, and now I'm going to... That's interesting. If he created that. Fire. Well, what I was going to say... Right, is, we don't actually I know off. that he did that. I, I do want to have the discussion, unless we want to have it now. Okay. Did he set the fire? Yes. Yes. We have two immediate yeses. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, David Chase did an interview with Talking Sopranos where he said Tony had the right idea. But... I, I'm not discrediting David Chase, and I'm, I'm sure that is the right idea, but if I just look at the language of that one episode, boom mic, random act of chance, the arrow from the sky, random act of chance, the fire in the stables, bolt random act of chance, you know, I, it has the bolt from the blue mm -hmm. feeling to it. Is it more likely that Ralphie set the fire? Of course! Yeah. Like, you, you want to believe that so bad, it almost doesn't need to be stated, so it isn't. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. But in the theme of just, if I'm just looking at the language of that episode, it's just like, yeah, look at these gears turning from outside, and then it's up to you, the human beings, to resolve it, you know? Mm. I think there are... That's a really good point. I think there are also good reasons that, whatever the truth, Tony doesn't believe him. Right. One could be well, that they're all liars, but the other one is that Tony spent the first half of this episode prepping another gangster to lie. Sure. But then also, is he really killing him for the horse? Mm. You know what I mean? Right. He's killing him for the horse and everything else. Right. And Tracy. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, is, yes, if you're doing rules of three, act of God, act of God, sure. But the arrow is kind of a gray area with act of God or not, too. Right? It's it's an act of negligence is what it is. Oh, and so, like, sure. no, but what I mean is... But only in is... so much as just, like, the camera person's irresponsible, do you know what I mean? Like, it's there's there is some humaneness to all of these. Hmm. Right. It is possible. Sure. I'm just, as yeah. a counterpart of like, but are acts of God actually well, I, acts I of God or 99. not? 99.9% so. of people see this episode and they're like, well, clearly Ralphie started the fire. Paul has said as much. David Chase said as much. I it's mean, worth I a mean, question. I just mean in the language of the episode, I'm like, it's not explicitly stated that Ralphie did it. He doesn't admit it. And I think Joe Pantoliano plays the scene as if he is innocent. Right. Does he? I, I mean, I he think kind so, of, yeah. I, but I think he's playing, playing. I don't know. That's, nah. I don't think he gives a shit about the horse ever. Oh, no. Like, no when he tells the news, when Tony tells him, let's say, for example, we're, we're gonna, and again, we'll, we'll get to the actual scene, but we're having the discussion, so let's have the fucking discussion. When Tony breaks the news about the horse, Ralphie does a performance. He's faking, like, oh, no, oh, God. Well, but let's say, for example, he didn't start the fire, that that is not what happened. He would still have the same reaction That's he had. True. That's what Jordan's saying. Right. Is that his reaction, like, he doesn't give a shit about the horse on a, on a, on a living being level. So whether he murdered the horse or not is like, oh shit, oh, the horse is gone. Darn, I guess we'll just get our insurance money and move on with our lives, huh? It's like, that's the vibe. And However, it, it certainly has the, it has the energy of, she fell, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that energy. Yeah. Um, so uh, did, he, did he start the fire? Yeah, probably. I don't know. It just, but the episode does have this, like, whoever did this, and the implication is kind of like God. Right, yeah. that's fair. 
Also, the, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to like go off the point because this is an interesting one. Again, even if say Ralphie, like if we're concluding that he did do it, it still isn't okay. You can't kill him for this. You can't. Right. You can't right. kill the guy because he killed a horse that you like. Right. Um. You could. Ki- you. You couldn't. You kill couldn't him. kill him for killing the girl. You couldn't kill him for killing a human fucking being. Yeah. Tony knows this. Tony isn't smart. Insurance in the... fraud is a way the mob makes money on the regular. It just happens to be Tony's horse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry to derail. The no, it's not a derail. Should, I mean, we look, should get back on it. It, it yeah. doesn't. We don't have to tackle everything shed. chronologically. It's all how it flows. And I, you know, I did want to have that conversation. Did Ralph do it? Did he not? I think it leads to some interesting questions. And I love what all of you are saying. I, I love the idea that it's kind of the obvious thing, and he sure. has a we, lot to gain from it. We all feel the same way. The characters on the show and us is just like, regardless of whether he did or not, he fucking had it coming. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Right. No oh, one, yeah. no one's sad to see him go. Well, that and that's what's so complicated about watching being or the characters too. But like, that's what's so complicated about it is like you want this to happen, but it doesn't feel right right mm-hmm. now. Right. Yeah. Even though, of course, I don't think anybody should be murdered. Right. There are other ways to punish people by not taking their life. I just mean that in general. You know, we're in the world of The Sopranos, where like this is what happens, and so therefore, yeah, like whack him we've been waiting but ooh. like guy getting killed for the wrong reasons is something that chris you've mentioned mm-hmm. yeah it's a that big seems to be a complication staple. here even if people don't feel a huge sense of loss at his departure i feel a sense of loss at joey pants not being in the show but this is a problem because of the way it went down mm-hmm. agreed so getting back to the episode we have rosalie the scene i like this scene a lot and i like that rosalie however sincere insincere ralph is or isn't here uh, it is very sweet of Roe to come in at this moment, given how they ended and how Ralph treated her. <laughs> and Ralph gives her the old, you know, you were so strong when Jackie died. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't get it. And Rosalie says, there's no way to understand. And parents who have lost children, of course, say this and mean it. There's no way to really know how it feels until it happens. And, uh, you know, she gives him she gives him a moment of sympathy and a hug and there's a this is a sweet scene he's gonna be all he's gonna be fine ralph he's gonna be fine cut cut he's gonna be a vegetable <laughs> rough. That's, rosalie and real, man. that's rosalie in a nutshell and they're at vesuvia she's at vesuvia with Carm, and you know she gives this interesting this just speaks to how in many ways kind rosalie is and she says, I have a daughter, at least. Ralph has no, but Ralph's all alone. Should talk to Father Intentola. Yeah, that's what he should do. <laughs> He's always very helpful to everybody. He's great. Show's best character. Were you guys there when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain? This guy manages to make the Rolling Stones uncool. Unreal. Speaking of people who should talk to Father Phil, and then she references Artie and the rough shape he's in. And <laughs> I know he and Tony are on the outs, but Tony's Tony won't say anything. And then that <laughs> that fake wave they share, that like funny <laughs> smile, like "Oh, hey, we weren't just talking shit about you." Hi, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. And he knows too. Yeah. <laughs> They're prepping Junior in the next scene for his dementia exam, and uh, Tony's explaining that you got to know how to fake this and. It's not as easy as you think, and it's you can't not know your name because then they know you're fucking with them. And Tony makes a joke about using the test or the folding the paper. Bobby mentions, you know, you got to draw a line, fold the paper in half. These bent old bats can't do that. <laughs> and Tony says, maybe you should pretend you should wipe your ass with the paper. And Junior 
takes such umbrage at that. A man lives his life with dignity. Pretend to wipe my ass in front of people. I lived a life with dignity, and now I gotta act like a drooling fucking idiot. Shkumbari. Marie. Ercoli. How they mocked him. That's not a joke, is it? No. Like, they people didn't know back then what developmental disabilities or mental retardation. They probably said cruel things. Oh, yeah. Probably um, to even, you know, maybe maybe not Junior and Johnny Boy, but I'm sure things got back to them about Ercoli getting shit and being made fun of. And So he's quickly soured on this. When he left course. the hospital, he was upbeat. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. And now he's like... And now he's like... Now, then there's also this anxiety. What if it doesn't work? Bobby says, we'll get to a juror. And what if that... What if nothing works? So this trial's beating him alive, and this situation is a this challenge. Is to, this is to Jordan's point. It, it, he's seeing it out of his hands. Yeah. What, what can I even do? This nurse Branca shows up with Svetlana. Hell yeah. <laughs> ah. And welcome back, Svetlana. Oh, uh, yes. Welcome, welcome back, back, Svetlana. Svetlana. A welcome presence. I love Svetlana. She's a great character. God, you're a boring woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Janice answers the, the door. The perfect way to get to... Because she understands how to get to Janice, which is to disregard her. Janice yeah. wants to get a rise out of everybody. She wants to make you annoyed. And she can't get through to Svetlana. She can't get a rise out of her, which is the best way. I love that. I love that Svetlana gets that. <laughs> you're a boring woman. And just walks past her. You can see how hurt Janice is by that. Right. Uh, and, you know, not that I'm happy anybody's upset, but if anyone can use a little humbling, it's Janice. I don't want anybody to get physically hurt, but, like, all upset's all right sometimes. <laughs> I'd say so. Yep. She did steal her leg. Uh, yeah. That's a bad thing. <laughs> and the uh, nurse comes in, helps Junior up to the bathroom. Tony sees Janice crying. What's wrong? Like, anyone would care. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yes, Father Intentola. Welcome back. This is probably the most Father Phil back-to-back last episode, this episode, that we've had in a long time on the show. Yeah, too much. <laughs> <laughs> we love Father Phil here oh, on the yeah, Sopranos sure. podcast. To be clear, the actor is great. He's I great. am not insulting the actor. I just fucking hate Father Intentola. Yeah. God understands our Lord gave his only begotten son, trying to comfort Ralph. And... He is the worst spokesperson for God just ever. I, I know that's purposeful. That, <laughs> yeah. That's what makes my skin crawl about the guy. I, just, I hate it. Nothing he says sounds real. And as Paul said, he does the, the quote there and makes it as uncool as possible. Ralph is, because he's in a vulnerable state, though, Ralph is perhaps hearing him more openly than he would at another point, which is ironic that it's a gangster because it's uh you know this is what father phil does is he he's able to get attention from people who are vulnerable and not 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 in their strongest moment which is sad and you know here's the thing too here's what sucks about the fact that father phil is not a trustworthy advocate of god is that in my opinion on a literary level the story of of jesus is actually a great story to somebody who's in a shitty situation. The story of, of Jesus is you can literally be the perfect person and the world is going to shit on you. Your best friend's going to betray you. You're going to get executed. The state's going to oppress you. Your best friends are going to betray you and you're going to be treated unfairly and killed. But you, if you keep your faith, you can transcend. That's a great message for somebody who's in a position where things feel out of control. And it's being delivered by Father Phil, the right, worst possible person. What you just person. said was, like, really nice. Yeah, the yeah. worst possible person to give this story and this feeling to Ralph because he's Father Phil and fuck him. Uh, Father <laughs> Phil also does the classic bad priest thing of presenting the paradox of no one knows the mystery of why things happen the way they do. No one, you know, God is a mystery. It's all so uncertain. It's cryptic. Oh, but God is definitely merciful. 
right? It's yeah. the mystery versus the definitely. That it's one of the reasons I can't resolve my faith. Yeah. Right? right. Which is just like, well, is it both? It can't be both. You can't tell me definitely about something you know nothing about. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, well, I think part of what happens here is this is just my idea of this or the working theory is that in spite of what clearly you guys are right, this is not great counsel, but this beat starts Ralphie on this path, I think, of trying to do the right thing, quote unquote, or wear the right face, mm -hmm. make the right propitiations as one does in religious uh, servitude. He's going through this dark night of the soul. He says in the next scene that he has with Tony, I'm a different man. Um, <laughs> But he's but he is doing what he thinks he can do to help his son, and I do think that leads him to the burning of the stables, which leads to his death. I, I do feel that sometimes when we criticize religion, it's easy sometimes to ignore the good it does. I will say one thing that one good that did come out of this conversation for whatever happened, even though the idea of Ralphie giving a confession is horrifying to me. <laughs> no, no one, would, Father Isintol would not survive. <laughs> um, but he just does. A, just a section on candle wax would be unbearable, and at least an hour long. He does offer. <laughs> He does offer $20,000 a year for a scholarship in Jackie Jr.'s name, which is a nice thing to do. So whatever else happens, this meeting got something good out of it. Here's an interesting thing that I had never noticed about this next beat before, but AJ comes in, and uh, it simultaneously made me feel bad but also good. It's good because, on one hand, this is a rare moment of gratitude from the characters on this show. Tony and Carmela share that look. Mm -hmm. Our son is a shit but he's alive and he's here and we, i can hug him and bust his balls about hanging out with his girlfriend and that's a funny yep. sweet little sweet moment. sweet scene. yeah it, it is a yeah. sweet scene uh i i although i did detect something that this time that yeah I had, you did Go um ahead. that had eluded me before aj comes in the first thing he says when have i ever asked for french toast and tony says it's unhealthy this obsession with your weight and i want to go back to a scene in season two where we had another son character in a coma in the hospital not an accident, in my opinion, where Tony belittles AJ for his eating habits and then brings him a pizza to make up for it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to bet his obsession with weight harkens back to that moment a little bit, at least oh, in part. That was definitely uh, a contributor. 100%. You're right. Mm -hmm. Very yes. good pull. Very uh, good pull. And so the fact that that comment in this little exchange came up in a similar episode where we're hanging around not, a hospital. Not an accident. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Interesting. Good pull. Uh, so that, it also made you feel a little bit bad about that. But in in general, though, this is a rare moment of gratitude from selfish, greedy characters. Yes. So I like that. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah. Nice. I love how sweet. I, th I find it even more sweet how deeply embarrassed AJ is mm. by it at his, at his particular age. Yeah. <laughs> I also like just seeing a father kiss his teenage son. Yeah. It's almost never done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, most teenage boys wouldn't sit still for it, but Tony luckily can out yeah. out, out strong. Well, yeah, that's I point. like that he's Tony literally is such a physical presence. Yeah. it's so hard. To it is sweet. Off, you know? It is sweet that he's kissing a son and that he wants to just take a moment to show him in some way that isn't like the masculine handshake. That you know, I love you and I'm thankful that you're alive. And even though AJ is literally just like mm, you know, kind of face, and he's like got the plate in his left hand, and Tony's just grabbing oh, yeah, as he right. is, and AJ's just no selling it. But it's, it is sweet. <laughs> this is a, this is an oddly sweet scene in, in many ways too. Well, but that is something like inherently Italian, right? For as macho machismo 
these mob guys are, they kiss each other to say hello too, That's right? It, which I love that about Italian culture is like you do hold, you know, you hold on to your people. That physical touch love language is definitely there culturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're in the back of the bing. Ralph comes in. He looks like shit. He's been up. He's got a five o'clock shadow, which is unusual. It's unusual for Ralphie to not look put together. Oh, so he's always yeah. pristine. <clears throat> His hair is sloppy. He's got a little bit of a beard. His shirt's unbuttoned. He looks like he's been awake and crying for days and uh he hands tony an envelope and again we've talked about this this is his one if, gift if, if ralph were a like a like you take a trade of a, a customized a, a ccg a card game like magic the gathering where each character has their own superpower ralph's superpower is he generates resources he is right. a money he's machine. always there with the money and even in the state he hands tony this full envelope tony's like wow holy shit and you know this 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 could have waited. He even tells him for Tony to say that. I mean, right. and holy shit, he's looking at it. He's like, wow. And Ralphie's like, I had to slap the guy around this morning. So Ralphie earns. That's what he does. It's part of the mythos <clears throat> of the character. It's kind of tied into like Ralphie is the devil, quote unquote, kind of thing. Where it's just like, yeah, he's always got money in his pockets. Mm -hmm. He's always got it for you, you mm -hmm. know. But it's like your deal with the devil is you have to put up with everything else. Right. Yeah. So he is sitting there and they're reflecting and tells the story about uh this justin's seventh birthday he was so coked out he forgot to call him and then he thought he did and i wrote stop making me feel bad for this guy <laughs> uh tony offers him some degree of comfort comes around the desk puts a hand on his shoulder you're covered by the sheetrock and plasters union he's crying it's tough to watch joe pants does some really phenomenal work here this is not easy to do and tony pulls a zelman he <laughs> he tells ralphie that of all the girls in new jersey he's fucking valentina and strategic timing one might think this is a worst possible time to tell someone this news but actually this might be the one time in life we have a kid who's in the hospital and you don't know how it's going to work out this might be like the one time in life that the Valentina issue might be too trivial for him to actually worry about at this particular moment. So he doesn't say anything. He doesn't mean he's not upset about it on some level. Tony certainly bottled up his feelings about Arena a few episodes ago until it came exploding out. But this does add a, a low tension to the fire, but Ralphie, for the most part, seems to gloss over it. I'm not sure how big it is. Hmm. I, I like the ambiguity. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yep. Well, I don't know if inside Ralph is, like, screaming. Yeah. It's, uh, he plays it like he's like, well, whatever. Well, it's funny how that Paul described his interpretation of why he allegedly burns down the stables. Because I always watched it that this was the inciting incident for that. Like, his little, like, oh, fuck you. you can't, because they've been... They've been going back and forth with possessions. What's mine? Pie, oh my. Who's breaking what rules? Who's doing, you know, it's been very petty between them. Um, and Tony, it, he wins because he's the boss, right? And so I've always watched it that way. And your interpretation makes a lot of sense. So it just adds another layer of ambiguity, I suppose, to the episode for me. But that's how I've watched it every time of like, this is fine, but in his head, he's like, I'll get you. That's always been my interpretation. In a couple of very valid reading, yeah. In sure. a couple of beats, when Tony gets the call that Piomai is dead, he's in bed with Valentina, and Valentina's legs are exposed from under the sheet in exactly wow, the same format Paul. as oh. Piomai's oh. are under the death trap. What a pull! Oh <laughs> they look Paul. exactly the same. Wow, they Paul. do. I swear. Oh. No, you're totally right. I can see it in my head. Yeah. I just watched the episode. Paul, what a pull! 
goodness. My God. He gives this interesting line, given the tenor of this season. Maybe if I had a girl like Carmela, my life would have been different. Mm. Uh, yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Tony, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Is that the difference? Tony has some stability, something to lose, and yeah. Ralphie just figured out he has something to lose. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah, mm. when it's almost too, it's really too it's late. It's far too late, yeah. yeah. They head out. Polly, Silvio, and Chris are coming into the Bing. It's middle of the day. No one's in there. They probably haven't opened yet. Feels like a strip club at 11 a.m. That's what we're looking at here. Uh, and, right, you, uh, you would know, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey now, hey now. Everyone offers quick condolences. Ralphie doesn't say anything to Polly. Polly doesn't say anything to Ralphie. Walks out. Fuck him and his alligator tears. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even get that right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he's got a hundred kids in the ICU with arrows in their heads. I find out it was him. He's a fucking corpse. Now Tony laying down the rules in this scene. Uh, I like it. I like it. Just, two seconds. Kids in the hospital. Look how he fucking earns. And Paulie's doesn't want to hear that. You forget the thousand incidents with this guy. And Tony lays it down. You lay a hand on him, you answer to me. This is a business. Yeah. Oh. Now no, it's a business. Nobody's killing anybody. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> that was a candidate for quote of the episode for me, too. <laughs> and, yeah, but what a, what a funny thing to have happen about ten minutes before what's going to occur. This is a business. Me, the subtext being, we don't make snap emotional decisions here. I, you know, we don't kill people who make money for no good reason. <laughs> every every moment, there's something hypocritical going on. And he he's a good leader in that scene, mm. and like he actually resolves Polly's upset in a good way. Mm. Yeah. He says, "I'm going to go visit your mom." And he acknowledges is, that what happened. What he acknowledges what that would happen to Nucci is a terrible thing. What happened? Whoever did it? Mysterious act of God question. He's got no perspective. He's got no kids. Interesting line there. We get this next scene where Junior is getting this test from the agent and the psychologist. The agent's standing there. He's not buying it. Janice and Bobby are like thumbs upping each other like, yeah, yeah, this is going well. And the agent's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and uh, Junior, you know, some moments I think are better than others. I like, uh, I think my the best moment for Junior was when he was like, I'm tired. I want to go to the bathroom and being just kind of antsy, not wanting to be there. And there were other moments that were obviously full of shit, you know? It's So it's this line of, like, what's real, what's put on. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a cool story. It's an interesting scene here. But that's how things are going with Junior. John Kennedy. You know where I was? I was getting a haircut. <laughs> and then the call comes. The episode's about to take a turn. That horse trainer's such a good actor, by the I way. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's really wonderful. Talk about uh, maximizing your minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, she's, she's very she's believable. She's great, so memorable. I can see her face. Yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <clears throat> yeah, she has a good rapport with Tony there, and I buy it. I buy her as the, this person who watches this stable. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if she was. She's probably a professional. I, well, actor. That's the thing. That's like it's a it's the performance. It's not a performance. Like yeah. she's so good at a horse trainer. It's like yeah, it's a horse trainer. I was gonna say I'll look into it. Like she yeah. might she might be a professional actor and probably is that's the most likely case but like i was gonna say i wouldn't be surprised if they she came with the stable they found to film these scenes you know what i right. mean like that's how much i buy it but anyway she's good i, I like see tony as like attracted to her but their bond mm -hmm. both loving this horse is yeah. intimate yeah well she, she touches her face yep. it's a really sweet moment she I grabs like. his arm she asks him not to go look yeah don't at go the body look, don't yeah, she, yeah. Uh, and it's such a sad thing that 
she survived the fire and had to be put down. That that is what's worse. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that is worse. Uh, and Tony looks, he has to do it. He has to just see it for himself. That's a real thing. And what's interesting about that is if it were just property to Tony, he wouldn't have done, he wouldn't have taken the look. But what do you do? This is a trope in drama, but I think it's a real thing. I think it's the reason people have open coffins. There's, that's an, that's an act of grieving to look at something that was once alive and see it dead. That's a thing. That's a thing that people go through when they grieve. You, you kind of have to see it for yourself. It's tough. And Tony has to do this. So here's what Lois is not. Lois is not a gangster. Yeah. So when she's talking about, she drops the, it seems like, exposition on the insurance. She's like, oh yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Tony's gears are moving. Mm-hmm. He looks at the thing in the ceiling. Gears are moving. Yeah, he sees the, the light socket. He is viewing it. The camera is viewing it with suspicion. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not sure that that was le- the legitimate cause. I've heard or, these things know. before. And I was the guy who set the fire, is what I think he was thinking. Sure, and lending credibility to the fact that Ralphie almost certainly set this fire, probably. Um, to- to- this whole uh, show starts off with an arson incident, mm-hmm. that of which Tony is responsible. Right. Yeah. So he would know. Right. He knows arson when he sees it. He knows arsonists. He mentions one specifically. That, right. So, right. So this is a whole. Is, so yeah. so he's looking around. He's looking at the sockets. They found bits of broken glass in the hay. The hay was a natural accelerant. And it's, it's plausible, but if, to Tony, it feels a little too convenient. It's way too convenient. And also, it, it, from an investigative standpoint, he knows arson. He knows an arsonist. He's done jobs like this before, and he knows that Ralphie has done jobs like this before. Ralphie would also know the hay is an accelerant. Ralphie knows all the stuff that he knows. Mm-hmm. That's true, isn't it? The first thing that they told Ralphie and the other guys at the top of season three is no more fires. So. Well, then he couldn't have done it. Why would he break the rules? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mystery wait. solved. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> at least, at least there, there is one. This scene. Well, I actually I know who sets the fire. It was the Russian. Oh, the Russian. <laughs> That's right. Oh. He's Valeri. It was Valeri. Yes. That's that's amazing. There is one last moment, although it's again it's bittersweet because it's sad because the goat lost his friend, but at least the goat survived the fire. The goat gives one last bat. We get like a shot of the goat amidst the wreckage. Yeah, I wondered if that was on if that was like an accidental shot. The way it, it was just so perfect. The way the goat was in the. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah, just a thought a nice I had shot watching. Of the goat. I think he looks into like well, he's not looking into the camera, but he's like. Hey. I have though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad he lost his friend, but at least he survived this horrible fire. Yeah. Oh, I have a little bonus reading on that. I was actually unsettled by the goat at the end of the scene. Talk to me. I, I want to hear it. Well, again, if you go and you read about these episodes, right? Uh, there's a uh, an underlying devil motif for Ralph, mm-hmm. right? And the, go- the goat is, of course, the symbol for the devil. The lamb is God. The goat is the devil. The goat mm. horns. The strange eyes. <laughs> The diminutive stature of the goat itself uh, is mm. reminiscent of Ralphie. Or you could take it the other reading, which is a scapegoat. Mm. You know, so it's it's, it's, like it's it. both. It's it's ambiguity even in the symbolism. I love right? that. I love that. That's so good. I drew a big line right through my notes at this point because this scene. Now the old structure is dead. The old structure got burned up in the fire. Long live the new structure. And we are entering into the bottle episode. Uh, from here on out, with with one exception, we will talk about the rest of this show is Tony, Chris, Ralph, and this house and this the, the the disposal of the body. I don't know if it's the right word, but this is just what I wrote. It's beautiful and it's grisly simplicity, the way the back half of this plays out because it's just two guys doing one thing. Ultimately, it's just so riveting to watch. Anyway, 
He goes right to Ralph. He probably left the stable and went right there. That's I don't think he stopped to take a piss off at the, you know at the side of the road. Like he went right to Ralphie's house. Breaks the news to Ralphie. Ralphie, oh God, you know that sucks. And hey, you want to come in and have some eggs? <laughs> he takes he takes a beat to whether he's faking it or really reacting. You can see the wheels turning there. Uh, if it's a perform like to, to to credit what Jordan was saying, if it's a performance, it's a good one. But he also is not as moved by this as Tony is, and you know that that's obvious. It's very much like oh, he Ralph just. Ralph just lost some property with this news. Tony lost a pet. Right. Well, and that's well, but that's all part of the really delicious ambiguity of the scene. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Is does Ralphie not really care because he knows he's the one who did it and he doesn't want to invest too much emotion in this, or does he not really care because all that died was a horse and a girl horse, by the way. Mm. You know. Uh, you know. So it's complicated. They go to the kitchen. Ralphie is going to be making breakfast. He uh, got some good news this morning, actually. It's just going to be speech. He'll have to learn to talk again, poor kid. Uh, he has a long road ahead of him. It's going to be an expensive rehabilitation. That, that much is made obvious. And Tony is not really feeding into that anymore. He keeps bringing it back to the horse. You know, she was still alive, but uh, she was burned so bad they had to put her out of her misery. But they said it was an accident, and Ralph drops this line that's so delicious given the context here. But what sick fuck would do that on purpose? What sick fuck, Tony repeats back. In the middle of this, Ralphie starts making his eggs. Uh, sour cream and scrambled eggs, by the way. Ralph, for nothing else, yeah, right, he is. before yeah. we get to the seriousness Good of this. Good cooking tips. Ralph, Ralph drops some legit tips in the kitchen with the spaghetti mm -hmm. thing last season. Sour cream, you, you do a little dollop of sour cream in, in, in your scrambled eggs. It makes them very creamy and rich, and that's a legit tip. Ralphie knows his shit in the kitchen. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, just another weird, weird thing about the characters. He's, like, weirdly domestic. Mm. I, I don't know. There's there's so much in that Ralph taco. <laughs> do you know what I mean? This is in the Ralph burrito, who he is. There's also talk online, and I think it happens too often in the show to be a uh, an accident. There is a thing with eggs on the show, uh, some kind of... It, it portends death and bad fortune. Mm -hmm. Not an accident, by the way, that eggs are a very are where a son is nurtured into a living being, and that's very maternal symbol. Tony and the mother, but there are eggs in this episode in place in the show rather, not necessarily this episode. But this is not the first time eggs or last time. No spoilers that eggs are going to feature in something dangerous or deadly. Uh, Richie April's cooking some eggs and it drops off his fork as he's as Tony and he confront each other after the beansy thing, and there's a couple other incidents to come that we'll address when we get there. But eggs in this show are a thing. We'll talk. And this tip is legitimate. Sour cream and eggs is a thing. That's a thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's delicious. I don't choose it, but <laughs> we, well, we don't usually keep sour cream in, in the house. Yeah, but in general, I don't add dairy to my eggs. Hmm. Right. Ralphie is using friendship sour cream, which I just think is fun <laughs> for this scene. Tony brings up this guy Corky. You talked to Corky. Was it I? I Yeah, he did that restaurant fire for me. Great work. This then Ralphie is is onto it. Ralphie is getting that he's being something's being hinted to him here. You know, Tony, that accidental fire, he uses, he takes care to use the word accidental fire, was a bolt from beyond. Yeah, I know it's, and he goes on and on. I know it's tragic to think this way, but you can't argue with the fucking logic. It was always something with the colic, and Tony's like, Jesus Christ, you did it. 
No, I did not. But so what? So what? It was a fucking animal, 100 grand a piece. My kid's in the fucking hospital. That's not what Tony wanted to hear. Don't give me that look. It was a fucking horse. What are you, a vegetarian? You eat beef and sausage by the fucking carlo. Bang. Fist. And we're off to the races. No pun intended. This fight, I want to talk about this fight and then we'll, we'll get to the meat of it, uh, is one of the best fights I've seen on television. So many fights you watch on TV and in movies are so clean and so choreographed. Right. These two guys are fighting to kill each other. They're fighting for their lives and they're fighting like unprofessional fighters looking to end the other's life. And they're it's 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 fucking brutal. There's punching. He goes after Ralph. Ralph picks up the pan. The eggs are on the floor. He's whacking them with the pan. Tony pins him against the counter. Ralph go, Ralph grabs for the knife. Tony grabs the knife. They have the knife wrist and they're wrestling over it. Back again, mirroring the hospital scene. Pins him up against the counters. Smashes the knife hand up against the counter to get rid of the knife. He's reaching around for the fucking toaster. He grabs the the spray. The glasses break. It's just messy. It's brutal. It's rough. It's sloppy. And sprays Tony right in the fucking eyes. Great move. With raid. With yes. raid. Yeah. Poison. Poison. Yep. Tony wrestles him down onto the ground. You killed her. You fucking killed her. He's smashing his head against the floor, choking him. She's a we. He drops our pull quote. She's a beautiful, innocent creature. What'd she ever do to you? Choking, slamming, choking, slamming, and eventually the struggling Ralph, grabbing up at Tony, stops struggling. Tony lays in the last couple of punches. Those those last couple punches are what really get me. Yeah, I, 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 this is like weird to say. I already know Tony's preferred method of killing people is to strangle them to death. That's what he likes. Mm -hmm. Tony likes to rob you of your air supply one way or another. Mm -hmm. He's going to get you with a wire. He's going to cover up your method of breathing. He's going to wrap his hands around your throat until you are dead. Even if it's someone like Gloria and doesn't quite get there. Ralph dies and then he keeps hitting him. Do you know what I mean? Like this mm -hmm. is just, it's been building for so long. You know what I mean? Like the rage isn't even spent when Ralph is dead. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not just about this horse. Mm -hmm. You know, no, there's so much in this. It's killing but the horse can bring up so much. Yeah, Maybe that was the power of it. Yeah, yeah. Here's another reason why I think Ralph did it. Tony's not a conspiracy theorist. No, he's not. And and one you know one thing we know about his character is he is a good judge of character. Like he he spots bullshit really well, and I, I don't think the show would allow him to be wrong about it? Does that happen in what we've watched so far? Is he ever, like, blatantly wrong about something like that? He, Am I misremembering? He fools himself on purpose about Pussy. But He's, to Lily's point, the instinct is there. He knows right when Pussy comes back at the beginning of season two that something's off. Yep. He has that moment he's where he's looking really at him over the fire. He's trying to be. believe. Again, again I, against I, yeah. Ralph set the fire. I, I, I do think yeah, that. Yeah. But the show just never says it. No, I agree. No, no, no. And I think that's where it was an interesting Well, and you're correct, exercise. Jordan. But where Jordan is also correct, this is what I love about this, is because yeah. everyone has good points. Where Jordan is correct, though, is that this act, which is left ambiguous yeah. purposely, is dropped into the middle of an episode that is about random fate and random acts of God and, and things outside of our control. It's in God's hands now, is a big line Father Phil drops in that scene. 
It's smart. It's smart writing is what it is right. because we're able to sit here and debate it. And the ambiguity is better than actually knowing. Correct. Me. Absolute, yeah. Absolutely. And we'll keep that that's narrative a, that's up. That's a theme for the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, I totally agree. But just structurally, that's another reason why, like, if we were actually debating about this, right, right. I would be like, nah, structurally has to be right. Tony's not wrong about this stuff. I, and I, I totally get that. Yeah. Owned you. That's not what this is about. So the, <laughs> we don't even disagree. <laughs> the, what I chose for the pull quote, and I knew it would be the pull quote from the, the when, before when we started this podcast, the pull quote for this episode was going to be, when Tony's beating Ralphie to death and says she was a beautiful, innocent creature, what did she ever do to you? Um, because of all that brings up, but also as that goes on, it continues the beating, and then before the punches, he says a, a few times, you killed her, you fucking killed her. When he says that at one of those points, did Tracy flash Tracy. in front of his face, I, like in his eyes, or does he not really consciously think of her until later? That's my. I'm just. I was asking. I think she's there. Uh huh. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's because to, to Jordan's point, he's not just. This isn't just about Pyomai. It definitely. I think, regardless of the rest, he'd have some strong feelings about this happening because animals and no, absolutely, you killed her. There's another ambiguity, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the her? Yeah. And it could be both. The acting here is really good in the moments following Ralphie's death. Tony gets up and goes and pukes immediately in the sink. The, his eyes are all fucked up. He vomits. The chemicals. I, I mean, he's ingested poison. Yeah. 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 What great details the burner is still on. He seems to put his hand that on it. That looked so real to me. I almost thought maybe it actually happened. Like maybe the burner was on and James Gandolfini touched it by accident and they kept that shot. But if, nah. if that's not the case, probably not. That, but, but, like, that's how real I thought it was. He's just, like, oh, coming back. Ah, fuck! Yep. Uh, uh, and then also the, the scene has, you know, it's, it's there's flashes of Gladiator, right? Mm. There's two men. They're fighting for their lives. It's any weapon they can get their hands on. One man has to die, right? So there's that, that aspect, too. But as you guys said, no style, no pomp, no glory. Right. It's brutal. Yeah. It's primal, right? Yeah. Yep. And then... <laughs> Tony makes a little call to his trustworthy future of the family who is just... And this this happened several episodes in a row now. Right when Tony is calling Chris, he's getting high. That's either, oh, bad luck, Tony has really awful timing, or Chris is just shooting up constantly. Uh, this, this is breakfast time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is the AM shot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's just shot up heroin, gets called, doesn't get him on the house phone. Has to call the cell phone before Chris even answers. Uh, this is the first time Chris has appeared in this episode, right? Yeah. Call me from an outside line. Yeah. Seen at the bank. But yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's true. Call me on an outside line, whatever. Camera dips out. We cut back. We come back. Tony is in the bathroom. He's probably thrown up a f- few more times. He's wiping his eyes. He's sitting there. He's exhausted. He's uh, Chris, and he answers the phone. Chris is called. I called you half a fucking hour ago. Aid put my car keys where I couldn't find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony gives him the instructions. Go get X, Y, and Z at the, you know, go to the, go to the pharmacy, get X, Y, and Z. Go to our friend's house, the contractor. Good code. And Chris shows up. His reaction when he sees the body is hilarious. Oh. <laughs> I found him like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, yeah. With him, you know, by the way, he's got like big blood splotches right. on his shirt. His bright eyes, eyes are bright red. red. Yeah. The kitchen's in complete disarray. His hands—he probably has cuts on his hands. I found him like this. 
whoever did this should have happened a long time ago. Again, quoting the title of the, of the episode. and Right, later he says this guy was a piece of shit, which is exactly what Paul had said earlier in the episode. By the end, obviously, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious to Chris what has happened here. Does he get it right away, do you think? Is, or is he too out? Uh, I think he's a little high, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think it takes a while to settle in. For him. I think he, I mean, I think what happens here basically is they catch each other. Yeah. Tony can yes. play the high hat. He can high hand him because he's the boss. Right. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Chris knows, like, immediately that something's off. Uh, and even if he's lying to Tony when he says, oh, it's not me, mm. but some other guys might have a problem. That's fucking true, and Tony knows it. Yeah. Tony says, you gotta help me get rid of him. Why do we have to get rid of him? He asks questions now. <laughs> and then he, re- then he thinks of the excuse. It's like, he, he that's his immediate answer to Chris's, I'm the boss, that's why. Also, oh yeah, here, I just thought of it. Also, <laughs> uh, we don't want the feds nosing around with Junior's trial. Yeah, that's it. He's thinking of Junior, of course. And, <laughs> <laughs> no body, no murder. I remember they used that quote in all the promos of season four. It was, no body, no murder. Great, great marketing quote for The Sopranos. Mm. And Tony recognizes, what's wrong with you? Nothing. He's crying, you're high. I smoked half a joint before I came yeah. over. Half yeah. a joint. <laughs> half a joint. Okay. And <laughs> he barely gets that line out. This is, this, this is another thing I that... I did, then. Leah Lily and I quote this all the time. <laughs> you told me you weren't going to do that shit anymore. I did, then. <laughs> <laughs> all the time uh, I've never looked at the script for this episode a lot of the scripts are online there's I made a hyphen up. in there I don't know if, the, if there's not a hyphen in there and that was a Multisanti choice god so oh brilliant goodness. so brilliant Lily did you wash the dishes I did Dent <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the biggest nerd you're gonna lecture me you fucking drug addict. <laughs> we're not we're not doing great. <laughs> this is not the mob at its best. Yeah, they're putting on the, gl- the gloves. This Chris. whole thing would work with the curb your enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the bowling ball. Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> Chris is lighting up a cigarette and he's all stoned. He's like slowly, he's like has to lean into the so light. Funny. And Tony just sees him like Jesus Christ. You can see his subtext like holy. Can you shit. do this? <laughs> Up, up, let's go. Get him in the tub. We gotta drain him. And back uh, to the tub for Ralphie. As they're dragging Ralph up to the tub, Chris. Alright, I snorted a little H. <laughs> and this is the craziness of this is Tony has zero moral high ground over Chris. He's a murderer. Yeah, I would take murdered, a dr- I'd take a drug addict over a murderer any day. But Tony, but yeah. he feels he's confessing to Tony. All right, I, I snorted a little H. Like he's the one who's fucked up here. <laughs> right, yeah. They're gonna spend the day disposing of a body that Tony, you know, murdered this man unlawfully. And and, and while they're doing that, Tony's gonna be lecturing him about his right. drug habit. <laughs> he's or, throwing your life away. They put him in the tub. Chris goes to behead him. And- Pulls off a wig. <laughs> I love that they made Ralphie have a wig. Joey Pants is, is bald, so. Part of the mask. Yeah. Right? Right. He's all deception. Even his mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. Not even the hair was real on this guy. I had no idea. Tony gives this hilarious line. You're so, of course, of course, did you know? Of course I did. You're so high on Skag, you wouldn't know if he had your mother's muff on his head. <laughs> Skag, because this is 1976. Um... <laughs> Yeah, 
Well, also, his being bald means I have to pick up his head by the ear later. (laughs) This is a dark comedy now. Oh, yeah. This is... Yeah, this it's is... not being played for laughs, but this is very funny for something that is so grisly. This is little, this little John Favreau. This is, uh, yeah. you know, this little very bad things for you, mm-hmm. or uh, or something yeah. like Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, or something They've like that. They've had to dispose of a body before. They've mm-hmm. never done it where it's like all like he he killed Ralphie over breakfast. We got to wait until dark. It's going to be like half the day where we're waiting, the other half where we're doing this. It's it's slow, but it's not tedious because at least this is my memory and my experience of watching it. Even this rewatch is that it's very menacing. It's like tense mm-hmm. because uh, will they get caught? Is Tony going to do something here? Every minute he gets, he's snapping at Chris and launching right back into lecture mode. It's like when your dad is slowly letting go of his anger, but he's not quite yet. Everything is very tense here in this bottle mm-hmm. section of the episode. Yeah. Chris starts cutting up the body. He's done this before. This is a te- this is a skill Chris has. This next <laughs> scene, they're watching TV, and Tony's eating Skippy out of a peanut butter jar. And I wrote, "How's this for a Burgess and Green dinner scene?" <laughs> Just cutting up a body, eating Skippy out of the bottle with a knife, and watching TV together. Tony's lecturing him about being high again. Can't be high. One thing I know, you can't be high on Skag and have children. Well, then he, you uh, know, he th- starts th- talking about yeah, how Aid, Aid may not be able to have kids, but maybe she can. And Tony says, right, either jump in with both feet or don't. Yeah. Chris goes on about, I mean, Justin, you know, ruin your life. Girls, <laughs> what did you say? Kids on milk cartons. Teenage girls, they run away. <laughs> this is the musings of a very high man. Teenage girls, they run away. Tracy. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yes, that's also very true. Good job. Good pull. Tony gets up, and he's cooking up the next layer of the story, which is, again, something he probably thought of in the minutes between when Chris arrived and now. Listen, when I showed up, he was still... This is where Chris said, I just snorted a little H. Somebody didn't have money and paid me in heroin. Tony's version is now is like, I didn't find him like that. I came here. He was moaning and he's still alive. Ambulance wouldn't have saved him anyhow. I want to put a long-term pin in Tony's line. The ambulance wouldn't have helped him anyway for a much later date. But then we go upstairs. Head in the bag. This is great. This sequence where Tony goes and gets the bowling ball out of the bag and then goes upstairs. Lily audibly went, Ugh, this is this is grisly shit, man. This the, uh, oh, A person I... shouldn't be able to watch this just like, oh, eating a bag of chips. Just like kind of like, oh, what a fun show. Well, it's, <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm the girl who watches all the murder docs, true crime, all of that. But this isn't quite Sopranos for me. It's not usually quite so. Yeah, we've seen him chop up bodies, but we're not looking at hands and heads and... This is very uncharacteristic. I and usually a fight. I might have a gasp or something. I'm a jumpy person mm. anyway. I I had to watch the fight through my fingers. Mm. You know, this is very out of character, and it was very tough to watch. One reason, and I love that Jordan brought this phrase into the show. I hadn't heard of it, but the hits and tits crowd who watch The Sopranos. <laughs> one of their criticisms of season four is not enough major characters get whacked, but the one that does, boy, if you're looking for violence, this is. Probably the most brutal murder on the show. Yeah. And I, no spoilers, but uh, it's going to be hard to top this as far as grisly violence. You know what I mean? This is... One of the best things about The Sopranos, I think, is that it's not an especially violent show. Mm. Um, Breaking Bad was on AMC, and it was more violent than yeah. the show. 
Border Rock Empire is a follow-up to The Sopranos in some way. It's way more violent. Yeah. Um, so, among other things, with something like this, like the brutality of that fight and some of these sequences of removing parts of the body, you can still surprise the audience this far in. Like, oh, that's that's really grisly. This is also still a time where there could the water cooler conversations about shows aren't a thing anymore because everybody watches them in their own time. Sopranos aired on Sunday night and people would talk about it. People were talking about this fucking episode. Mm-hmm. And like, did you see them take Ralphie's head and put it in a bowling ball bag? Yeah. <laughs> the head and the hands, the identifiable features go in the bag. The rest of the body is going to be dumped in the ocean. You got to wonder if they can identify the body from the cheese grater marks on the dick. <laughs> oh. That's that's funny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> can you imagine? Must have been. Jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. A mess. Uh, <laughs> Chris goes, Chris is cleaning up. These guys are experienced in disposing of a body. They're getting it down the drain. This is when I wrote beautiful in its grotesque simplicity. They're just doing what they're doing, and it's fascinating to watch. The show is taking its time. It's not cutting away too quickly. We're watching him for a good 20, 30 seconds scrub this bathtub, rinse the blood out, get the body ready to move. They don't have to show us the disposal, but they do. Uh... Tony says, you know, I'm not a saint. I did drugs when I was younger. You got your whole life in front of you. You want to throw it away on drugs, says the guy disposing the body he just killed. (laughs) And they drag the body, toss it off a cliff. I think they're probably like an hour north on the Hudson River. Just dump them right in. At some point, this body will wash up somewhere, but it's got no fingerprints, no teeth, no, no head. It'll be decomposed and... Eaten by fish. Yeah, there's not much you can do once it's drowned. Yeah, the head and the hands are damning. But Sopranos that podcast have... audience, I watch a lot of true crime. I don't know from <laughs> firsthand experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then they 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 take this to Mikey Palmisi's dad's farm. There's a blast from the past. There, Mikey Palmisi, his dad is a farm, but he's getting surgery in the VA hospital right now. So. The property is unmanned. It's probably several acres somewhere upstate in New York or maybe even northern Jersey. And they're going to bury the head and hands. The ground is frozen. They keep coming back to this idea of kids. Artie has three kids. Banging that French girl. He wishes. (laughs) (laughs) They have to hotwire the bulldozer, plow the scoop. Chris can't fucking... Do the thing, and Tony says, hey, that's, that's what, see, that shit fucks up your hand-eye coordination. Yeah, except he was able to take a, a, a vehicle he's never hotwired before and just figure out how to hotwire it. Yeah, that was pretty high. impressive, That was I pretty thought, cool. Yeah. yeah. Stone Cold Sober, I don't think I could get into a, a truck like that and be able nope. to maneuver it. Tony gets in it, takes over the job, digs a little hole with the thing in the frozen ground. Chris drops it in. What a touch. He drops it in and does, like, the cross with oh, his yeah. head it. You know, I, what do they call it? I don't the sign know. of the cross. The yeah. sign of the cross. Does the boop, boop, boop. Like he's had a funeral. He's dropping a flower in a grave. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Does that. I and... think Tony looks at him when he does that. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tony's not sentimental or religious at all. And he covers the hole back up. Kick leaves and shit over it. Chris asks him where he learned to do that. Father's construction site when he was 13. And then they go back to civilization and speaking of fuck up hand-eye coordination, Paul pours his drug addict nephew a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could it be taken the wrong way? Friends of ours. Like it could happen to them. Right, the Ralph's getting whacked. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's bad. I mean, yeah. yeah. Chris, is, Chris has a point here, despite the, the skag. <laughs> and Tony, as well, 
You're the only other one that knows about it. So this is a great way for Tony to put Chris's loyalty to the test. Because if this gets out and gets shitty, well, he knows he can't trust Chris. And Chris is beholden to Tony. But what must Chris think of Tony in this moment, given everything else? You know what I mean? Chris is probably, I, I, if I had to guess, not without any knowledge going forward in the series about Chris's loyalty to Tony, I don't think Chris is going to go around blabbing about this. He's an accomplice now, too. Also, in this moment, Tony is the scariest person on Earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. This is not the guy you want anything getting back to. Like, you told people about this? Oh, yeah. I'm going to chop you up in a fucking bathtub. Yeah. But I have to imagine there's a part of Chris that is scared by this. I mean, yeah. there has to be. Yeah. It's a, great, it's a great question that you pose to us, Chris. I do think whatever Chris, as you mentioned, is immediately, he knows how to um, play sycophant. He knows how to play the diminutive role. He is apologizing to Tony, even though I think he knows what Tony's been up to here. This is a new situation Chris is, knows that he's dealing with. And Chris comes around and says, you know, you were right to disappear him for the business. Cut to, we're leaving the bottle for just this last button on this story that we started beforehand. And this is when, unfortunately, the worst outcome of the junior thing is confirmed. He leaves the house. He's being watched by feds. So a naive first thought could be, oh, he's putting on a show for the feds. Senility. He's out in his pajamas. He goes next door, asks for ice cream. Is it a show? Is it not? But then when he gets pulled back in by Blanca and there's no more audience, he says, it's your fault. You didn't go out and get the paper. Hmm. And it's like, that's the moment where it's like, oh, yep, this is bad. He's going to deteriorate. And this is, yep. this is not good. He's not putting on a show. He, 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 he might not have to fake the dementia much longer if uh, things keep up like that. Another classic Sopranos shot, they shoot him above. Mm. So, yeah, the, high, the high stupid shot. High stupid shot, yeah. And uh, this is not good. This makes me sad to see Junior in this state, despite everything, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the Wheel of Fortune. It's everything, everything turned. Tony's asleep, the thing gets up. He and Chris have had showers and probably caught a few hours of Z's here. He gets up, sits up. More devil imagery behind Tony, by the way. The poster is like Tessa the T's. Uh, and she's got like, I think, a little devil tail. So mm. getting back to that Ralphie as the devil, the goat, kind of devil god talk of things happening there. And then we get one of our famous Sopranos mirror shots. Mirror right? shot. Show loves mirror shots. And, and uh, who's, who's in the mirror? Who's in the mirror? Tracy. Tracy, uh, in the only photo, those women are all naked. Mm -hmm. or, or, or mostly naked. She's the only one wearing clothes. And it reminded me of the dialogue in the prior scene where uh, Chris says kids with their faces on milk cartons. Because mm. she looks really young in the photo, and she's wearing clothes. And I was like, that looks like a kid on a milk carton. That's the kind of photo you would give, like, have you seen this person? Right. And the, who directed this episode? Tim Ben Pat. The camera does not rack focus so that you get the shot of her picture in focus. Mm -hmm. It remains blurred because these psychological elements remain deeply unresolved maybe that's why i don't know why but i love that it doesn't rack focus mm -hmm. we ju you just gotta put it together and you gotta put it together with the focus on tony's face what right. he's looking at and what he's thinking about mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah i wrote the whole thing on the post test of the t's shall bring you to hell <laughs> and then walk over to the mirror and that paul you very beautifully articulated why that is such an eerie and awesome moment it's still unresolved 
I'll honor our spoilers policy, but at this point in the show, it's not a spoiler to say that the mysteries in this episode are not going to get a clean resolution. The feelings, the leftover baggage of all of this is just as dead and in the grave as Ralphie's head and hands. It's it's done. It, it, it's it's And life acts this way. You don't always get closure on every little thing, and nothing wraps up neatly. And it's unfortunate that all of this ended up this way, but it's... Uh, it's, and then we have, the, and then then it goes into this ending I can only describe as eerie and unsettling, where Tony is walking around looking for Chris. Christopher calls out a few times, no one there. Christopher calls out in the main room of the Bing, looking around, walking around, goes downstairs, opens the door, whitewash, light from outside, harsh, kind of like coming out of a movie matinee. Yeah, yeah. If you've been in that dark yep. theater. The yeah. sounds and beeping and traffic of Route 17 right outside of the Bing. Hit our ears, and credits. Very tense music yeah. playing us out. Mm-hmm. It's not, doesn't leave you feeling good. What an episode. What an yeah. episode. Whoever did this, final thoughts, any other things you want to pull together, discuss, talk about, mention? Well, pour one out for Ralph Cifaretto. It's yeah. the last time we'll see him alive on the show. Yeah, uh, big, big, big ups to Joe Pantoliano and this performance. It, it's... What a what a presence he had on the yeah, show. Um, a twisted evil man, but a really interesting character that really gave the show a driving engine for two good seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to be sad to see him not on the show. His presence will be missed. But what a way to go! And what, what a, a way story to go. he had. Incredibly dynamic. And um, one one of the most interesting things about Ralphie that that duality had this Jekyll Hyde nature, where he was kind of always both Hyde, yeah. in a way. Um, and he sees himself as the hero in his story, doubtlessly, as all the great villains do. Um, and he really attached himself to, to Gladiator in some way. Mm. You know, he loved that movie. He saw himself specifically as Maximus, right? Uh, in an earlier episode of our show, I said, well, he's really Commodus. He's more like the psychotic, you know, sort of emperor character. But in reality, Tony is the emperor. He's the one with all the power and the one who's in control. Ralphie fancies himself as Maximus. Maximus famously a gladiator who wears a mask, right? Someone who conceals his true identity and that allows people to think of him as the man that's in the mask. Uh, the man underneath is is racked with trauma that he is trying to get some semblance of vengeance for, but he can... Uh, in the movie, he gets it. I think that's why Ralphie, you know, enjoys that movie. But whatever hole was in the middle of Ralphie, he never manages to fill it. Uh, you know, uh, ultimately his his existence is is just empty and evil. And uh, ultimately, even though he dies violently, I think it's a blessing. Uh, I think Tony puts him out of his misery in many mm. ways. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. Well said. I think that for me, a lot of it comes around to Tony and the imagery and the symbolism of the horse. One of my favorite plays is uh, Equus by Peter mm. Schaefer. Mm. And it, one of the, I think in the first monologue, the doctor, Dysart, asks of what use is grief to a horse. So for me, so, so I always ask of what use is vengeance to a horse, mm. um, which brings up some of the other images that we've talked about, be it Valentina or Tracy and what the horse brings up. It's all very interesting and powerful. I agree with all you guys that I think there's something in the elusive quality. There's something in the ambiguity because it's still, it's deeply engaging. There's more questions than answers, which means we could talk about it for another two hours. And it's unforgettable, this episode. Um, And as far as Ralphie goes, Joey Pants playing this character is in less than a third of this series altogether. 
but the mark he made feels like he was in it beginning to end. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a Absolutely. powerful character. Yeah, Absolutely. his his death here, it feels the same as it would if like somebody like Paulie or Syl had died. Like somebody who has a lasting, massive impact on the state of the show has just been taken from the from the world of the show. That's what it feels like. And that's a credit to Joey Pants that he can come in in season three and even have sort of a slow start in season three. We don't really get to see Ralphie as we know him until halfway through season three. And the fact that he made such an impression and was such a vivid, well-played character props to Joey Pants. And I hope that the women of North Jersey in the world of the Sopranos and even some of the women who are no longer with us because of Ralphie, like Tracy can rest easy knowing that this guy is no longer out there causing mayhem and destruction. And with that, that's our coverage of whoever did this. We are wrapping up quickly. We got four more to go in season four. Like this season... I can't believe there's still four flew. episodes left. Yeah, there's still a lot to happen. Like, it feels like... Well, first of all, it feels like... A, it, it, this season, and recording this show, it's flown by. Yeah. Yep. Right? I can't believe we're already almost But then also, done. like, this episode felt like a series... Or, sorry, a season finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, or at the, least a penultimate. Right, right, yeah. I, just, I can't believe it's only the ninth There's going to be four more I episodes left. That's crazy. But I'm excited to do it. I think oh, the next one, what's the next one? Calling All Cars? Is that the next episode? The Strong Silent The Strong type. Silent Type, right. The Strong oh, Silent Type is the next episode. There's many reasons why it's a great episode. I am particularly excited to cover what I believe to be the funniest soprano scene, past, present, and future. And I can't wait to discuss it with you all. So Strong Silent Type is next Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for listening out there. I'm Chris D'Amato. I'm Lily D'Amato. I'm Paul Mancini. And I'm Jordan Hugh. And we will see you next time. we got four more to go in season four. Disgusting. Blonde with big tits and a hat full of Viagra. I got myself a girl.